The Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Have an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, oh, that's a very good question. Uh, hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? You lucky day, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Joe Napote, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Uh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom, how are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Stars that were chilled by the winter under an August moon that was burning brightly above. You'd be so nice, baby. You'd be paradise to come home to. Do you that? 
Welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program, and my guest this hour is, um, well, let's see. How should I describe Catherine? She is uh, a fan of uh, creepy, crawly things. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it it actually says in her bio that she has an especially soft spot for bugs, snakes, and other creepy crawlies. But she has been editing and on occasion writing and illustrating for children's books at National Geographic Kids for uh, seven years or more. And she's uh, joining me by phone this morning to talk about uh, a new book from Nat Geo Kids called Weird But True, World 2023. Her name is Catherine Williams, and she joins me, as I said, by phone. Good morning, Catherine. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Tom. Happy to be here. Catherine, I'm trying to remember. There was something really familiar, and I didn't get a chance to look it up. But were you on the show once before talking about bugs and snakes and weird creatures? I don't think so. This is actually my first time on the radio ever, so I hope I do. Okay. Oh, you're going to be fine, Catherine. You're going to be fine, (laughs) Catherine. Anybody that's connected to a project called Weird But True is a good fit for this show. 
Um, but let's let's talk about that a little bit. This book is targeted at um, middle graders, although people of all ages might find it uh, interesting and fun. Um, but what constitutes weird for them? Yeah, that's a great question, and I think it's a, a particularly, um, it's a lot of pressure in my job to, to say something is, like, definitively weird when weird means something different for every person, <laughs> um, but for, for middle school kids, yeah, I mean, one thing I think weird might be totally boring to you, but, you know, for middle school kids, a lot of the things they think are weird um, are the same stuff we think is weird, um, and maybe they're a little bit less jaded, so they might find things really interesting and exciting that us adults are kind of like uh, tired of or not interested in. Like kids learn all the names of every dinosaur. They're very passionate about the things they love. So um, kids like really get into things and they find a lot of things weird that you might not expect. But um, when we're looking for like weird facts, weird places, weird photos, we're looking for something that's surprising, something that maybe is a record breaker, like the biggest thing, the smallest thing. Um, and for middle school kids, I really like to add like a little bit of a gross out, like <laughs> something kind of to make you go, because I, I think that age group really enjoys that. Well, you know, I do a, a, a weekly political roundtable, and we do a little segment at the end called The X-Files, where we do weird and wacky news events that are strange but true and what i'm finding is more and more it's getting harder to tell the x-files from the mainstream headlines <laughs> is with with national geographic and, and national geographic literally scours the globe for great photos and information how how much do you find that everything is weird to somebody? Yeah, I think that's a good point. I mean, yeah, I, I think you, you'd be surprised what, what someone finds weird. Um, <laughs> and, and, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. If something could be weird to anyone. I think what's hard about doing this, you know, this book that's, weird stuff around the world is that I'm just one person and we have a big team, but the whole world is a lot to cover for our, our team. And who's to say what's weird for someone across the world and what's weird for me. It's, it's cultural, it's personal. Um, so we really fought long and hard about everything we put in this book. And um, a lot of me going back to our writers and saying, I don't think this is weird enough, and them arguing with me about it. And sometimes I, I uh, change my mind, and I agree with them. But <laughs> Well, what are some of the, the highlights? What are some of the strangest things that your team uncovered? And, and what was that decision like to, to actually label something strange or weird <laughs> was it um you know was yeah was there much of a conversation of you know was there a ranking about what constituted weird in order to make the list or the book mm -hmm. well so we wanted to be something that is surprising and unusual to pretty much 
anybody reading it, like even if they live in the place where this weird thing is, um, we want it to seem still surprising. And so a lot of these things are like just really unique things in the world. So for example, one of my favorites is um, just because the photos of this are so stunning and we have incredible images in the book throughout, but there are these crystal caves in Mexico and um, they have inside the cave uh, these 36-foot-long crystals. They're some of the largest crystals ever discovered, um, and they've formed for thousands of years. Um, they are 55 tons, and we in children's books like to change every weight to the amount of elephants it would be. So that's about nine adult African elephants. That's how much these crystals weigh. Um, and we have this photo of this person climbing on them, and the person looks tiny, um, climbing inside this cave on this giant crystal. So, like, that is something that's, that's weird. It's it's very rare on Earth to find, and the photos of it are just super-duper cool. Um, and we also have things, like, just as magnificent and majestic. We have the world's most remote toilet, which is a toilet that just sits on a cliff in Siberia near a weather station, and the photos is very funny. So we have some things that are, like, majestic and wonderful, and then other things that are kind of, like, a very is average it, experience, like a toilet that's just in a very weird place. Is is there, is it, like, an outhouse, or is there just just this mm-hmm. random toilet? <laughs> no, it's an outhouse. It still okay. looks very funny, though. It's just sitting kind of oh, on I'm the sure. cliff. Um. <laughs> I, I'm sure. I, I read a story just recently about somebody at... A fairly remote um, outhouse, not as remote as that one, um, but actually getting trapped inside. Oh no! Um, because because this poor woman dropped her cell phone in the toilet and went in after it. And had oh to, my goodness! And had to be <laughs> rescued. Um, yeah, I I don't imagine you get much uh, cell reception at that toilet in uh, <laughs> Siberia. <laughs> no, that would be a, a particularly bad outhouse to climb into. I think you would <laughs> have trouble getting rescued. <laughs> More weird stuff with Catherine Williams from National Geographic Kids. Straight ahead. Everybody's doing a brand new dance now. Hi, this is Mark Farner, and you are listening to the Tom Sumner Program. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. Do you ever feel like you need an attitude adjustment? 
Are you wishing there was a magic pill or a new app for your mobile device? Why don't you try live local music? Music can make you dance, bring back fond memories, inspire you to be more creative, whether you attend a child's school concert or recital, go to a local symphony concert, visit local bars and restaurants that feature dance music, sing-along piano, or jazz and blues. Music could be just what you're looking for. Supporting live local music is more than a way to support your local artists and economy. It's a great way to improve your own quality of life. Support live local music. This message is brought to you from the Tom Objection. I object. I object to that, Your Honor. Oh, hi, Mom. What's up? Dana, what are you doing? Oh, you know, just um, Attorney General stuff. Listen, I have a legal question. What is it, Mom? I just got a call from the water company. Apparently, your father has not been paying the bill. I guess they're going to turn the water off because we owe more than $1,000 now. Can you believe it? Actually, I can't. So listen, we just have to send them $200 in Edible Arrangements gift cards and that will keep the water on. Now, here's the legal question. What is the website for Edible Arrangements? Mom, it's an imposter scam. Imposter scam. Is that .com or .edu? No, the call was a scam. Scammers will pretend to be a government agency or a utility company or someone else you might do business with. A big red flag is if they tell you that you can pay them using gift cards. So when in doubt, ask for the information to be sent to you in writing. And never give a caller or someone you don't know your personal information or your money. If you do suspect an imposter scam, Report it to my office at mi.gov slash agcomplaints. Okay, all right. And Dina, where do I file a complaint that my daughter hasn't visited in over a month? Does your office have a website for that? Okay, Mom, I'm hanging up now. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. Hi, this is Deb Cherry, Genesee County Treasurer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Radio Show. More weird stuff with Katherine Williams from National Geographic Kids, straight ahead. I find it fascinating that you convert weights and measures to elephants. <laughs> um, I was just talking yeah. with uh, with um, Dr. Wild, Gabby Wild, who has done a book with Nat Geo Kids about uh, mm-hmm. animal communication, in, um, and and I found out a, a little factoid I didn't know. I I knew she was a veterinarian that traveled all over the world, and you know, specialized to some degree in wild animals. But she is the first doctor in three thousand years to have given acupuncture to elephants. Oh wow! <laughs> and 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 so for some reason, I've got elephants on my mind this week. I, I I think that's funny that you 
that you and your team make that conversion. Yeah, a bit. <laughs> yeah, I think people have made fun of, um, you know, the people who like write for kids and 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 make kids books about, you know, we're always using compares comparatives to to make weights and heights and things more relatable to kids. And I mean, maybe they don't know what nine elephants, you know, what that weight really is, but it's just like a lot. And so we, we like to, you know, this many giraffes tall, this many elephants. Um, heavy so it's kind of a fun way that we use to like emphasize but um, you know we hear about things we hear about things weighing tons all the time Mm -hmm. but do we really have a sense for how much a ton is and by doing what you're doing it actually puts it in perspective it gives you some frame of reference for how heavy a ton might be or in this case many tons Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. If I really don't, it doesn't mean much to me. Some of the numbers, I'm like, oh. I mean, even but, if somebody uh, a says a ton is two thousand pounds, okay, I know what a pound is, but I really don't have any con- concept of what two thousand pounds is. Mm-hmm. And, and then exactly. if you say, well, you know, a car, or you know, an elephant, <laughs> you know, then then I get some <laughs> sense. Okay, that's pretty heavy. <laughs> what are some of the yeah. other things that that uh, you and the team came across, or what were some things, Catherine, for you in particular that struck you as strange or weird? Yeah, so I um I really love animals. So there are a lot of really cool animals in the book. I'm a big animal nerd, um, and so are like the kids that read our book. So. There's some weird animals for you. Um, there is a um, a frog that lives in Central Africa. It's called the hairy frog, um, and it's named after these like skin tassels that are on the side of its body. They're very strange looking. But what's really weird about this frog is not the the hair that it looks like it has hair. That's not the weirdest thing about the frog. The frog actually has bones in its feet that it can break at will and poke out of its fingers so it has claws to defend itself and it's nicknamed the wolverine frog like the x-men um so that's that's a pretty pretty cool little frog um that's full of surprises um we also have a tiny chameleon from madagascar in the book that there's a very cool picture of it Um, it was just discovered in 2007 so relatively recently because it's so tiny it can fit on a penny it's this very tiny little chameleon it's very adorable um and we actually have this kind of recurring feature in the book called Weirdly Cute. Um, and it's animals that you might not think are cute, but um, when you kind of look at them, they're, they're cuter than you might expect. So we have, like, axolotls and strange-looking monkeys and funny little bugs and things like that that are uh, weirdly cute. Well, that's like those, those dogs, the uh, pugs that have the squished face. Um, and, and, and what's, and there's a Chinese dog that, that is considered, uh, so ugly, it's actually cute. Um, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fun. That's interesting. But, um, what are some, some things that, um, 
are not corporeal that that struck you as as weird or strange like you know a toilet basically in the middle of nowhere that's um no phone booth but there's a toilet mm-hmm. um so we have like uh throughout we have a bunch of weird um festivals and events is that oh yeah yeah that kind of thing interest you yeah so um we have uh there's all kinds of fun ways that people um celebrate around the world um one of my favorites is um we have this this feature on kind of in our europe chapter on dirty dirt themed things and um, one of those is a bog snorkeling um championship in in wales (laughs) um so the photos of this are really funny um people essentially they race uh, with a snorkel, a mask, slippers, and a bog in Wales. Um, they're going uh, 360 feet, which I, I don't know if it sounds particularly long, but I'm sure when you're in the bog, it feels pretty pretty far. Um, and people get kind of silly with it, and they wear, you know, costumes while they race. So some people have dressed like dinosaurs, pea pods, um, and, and all kinds of, like, weird stuff like that, sharks even. Um, and what's even weirder about this bog snorkeling race is that there's a separate competition that's part of it where there are people who wear their snorkel gear on a bike and they bike through the bog while snorkeling, which I don't even understand how people can do that, but there are photos of it. It's real. It's it's very funny. So I love these like weird festivals of people kind of like around the world just celebrating being weird doing weird stuff yeah i just um it's it's interesting what what people find important there's a one of the uh uh people that was uh charged she hasn't actually been tried or convicted yet but she is on house arrest with a um, ankle monitor was just recently given permission by the court to take a break from her house arrest to go to the local uh, Renaissance Festival, <laughs> and I thought that's 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 a weird thing for the court to grant, <laughs> you know, a trip to the Renaissance Fair. That that is funny. <laughs> Good for her. <laughs> um, Nat Geo Kids has has really. Um, done a tremendous amount of work um, sort of describing, capturing, and describing um, and and capturing photographs of um, all kinds of things about, um, well, the various wonders of the world um, and, and things that have to do with nature. How does a book about things that are weird fit into their overall mission? Yeah, I mean, so this book does have, you know, we have maps in the book. We have, like, really stunning photos in the book, too. So in that way, it does pretty, like, clearly fit in with our mission. But I think, you know, on the whole, like, on a deeper level, um, Kids and all readers, you know, come at reading in different 
ways. So some people might sit down and read a very serious book that's nonfiction and really love it. Um, but we have other readers that are really hesitant about reading or they're kind of intimidated by nonfiction. And so um, a book like Weird But True World um, and all of our Weird But True books, uh, they're, they're meant to be really fun and easy for kids who are maybe reluctant readers or kids who love reading would get into it too. But um, it really is almost like tricking you into learning about the world because it, it really shouldn't feel like learning. It should feel like, wow, interesting. I can't believe it on every page, just kind of fun. And so in that way, um, these kinds of books are getting a whole new audience into that mission statement of exploring the world, really learning to love all the things in the world and, and um, learn about, about everything and, and celebrate you know, the diversity of the world. And so these like really weird but true punchy facts and photos are a way to get a new audience kind of into this core National Geographic um, content. I remember um, a, a few years ago meeting and interviewing a guy from out east. I, I, I want to say he's from New Hampshire, but he might have just been visiting New Hampshire, um, who every so often, well, every election cycle, he runs for president. And he wears a boot on his head and calls himself the... Uh, uh, calls himself Vermin Supreme, and, and 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 he says, you know, all politicians are vermin, but he's the Vermin Supreme, and he's uh, promising that um, everybody will get a pony if he's elected. And and it's all in fun; it's all kind of silly, but he is definitely a weirdo, and he goes out of his way to be weird. Did you come across a lot of weirdos when you were collecting uh, uh, items for the for this collection? <laughs> um, first of all, I want to say next time we do this book, I'm going to reach out to you and ask you for some weird news suggestions because <laughs> you have all of it. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, we find, you know, weird people doing weird things. Um and sometimes, you know, and in, in when we're looking at weird news, we come across people who are particularly weirdos. But we kind of try to stay away from um, calling out, like, individual people and, and saying that they're weird. It's more, you know, like a, a festival. Like, we have the, um, an underwater music festival um, in Florida that has some really cool photos and people playing trombones under, underwater, playing fake harps. Um, and it's a whole event, and, you know, you can't really make good music underwater, so it's all just for fun. Um, so, yeah, we have pictures of, of people participating in those, but we more do, like, groups of people calling them or what they're doing weird instead of, like, you know, focusing on one person who did a, a weird thing, usually. Are, are you concerned that, that weird people might rebel <laughs> if you identify them specifically? <laughs> I bet you're afraid they'll do something weird. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. I mean, also, you know, like, I mean, we think, I don't think in, in 
in our office, you know, weird is not a bad word. Like, I think I'm a little weird. I think everybody I work with is a little weird. You kind of have to be. So I think it's a good thing. But you never know, like, a, a middle school kid might be sensitive to something. And if they did something like that and we're calling it weird, you never know. Like, it could make them feel bad or weird about it. So um, we're really kind of just... Um, taking a, a, a bigger picture of, yeah, of the, weird. But we definitely do come across some, some odd news stories and some Well, the, uh, the book from National uh, Geographic Kids is, uh, is called Weird But True. What is, mm-hmm. what is the thing that, that is, is there a thing that surprised you the most that it was actually true? Can you think of a weird thing Um, that you thought, God, this has got to be a hoax. This has got to be something made up, but it turned out that it was, in fact, true. I I would think, uh, like, for example, I would think playing music underwater would be a bit of a hoax. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, it's, um, yeah, there's a lot of things in here that I have to, like, double check uh, a bit and, and make sure that um, it's it sounds like it, it all sounds a little bit made up. I mean, we have mashed, mashed potato wrestling in Minnesota. Um, <laughs> even the kind of bog snorkeling, I had to look that up and be like, are, are we sure that happened? Um, uh, but yeah, there's a lot of things that I'm kind of double checking, which I guess is is a good thing. Um, well, yeah, it is a good thing, Catherine. Uh, how how do you go about <laughs> yeah. how do you go about double checking some of these things and where do you get these things to begin with most of us go to national geographic to find the, <laughs> these kinds of weird things where does national geographic go yeah so we we do you know we we go uh find our information in a bunch of different ways so you know sometimes there's like um finding sources on the internet but kind of finding really like solid sources so like um academic studies and legitimate news organizations but we also um i so i worked with like a team of writers who who did this um this book so i can't take credit for the writing in it or or the initial research um, and we do have a fact checker who fact checks the book, but the writers sometimes, you know, they do their preliminary research, but sometimes they will reach out to scientists and call them and interview them. Um, and we actually, we have some funny things that happen where I'm in the, you know, email chains and I'm like, I can't believe this is my job. I'm having this conversation. Um, <laughs> there was one where a, a scientist, um, so do you know what a, a tardigrade is? It's this like tiny little microscopic creature that looks like a bear it's called a water bear they're like see-through they're they're super tiny and they can like live in almost any environment um they can live in freezing temperatures and um we included a photo of one really zoomed in right in the book and we had a scientist saying i don't think this is quite the right type of tardigrade that lives in this part of antarctica and (laughs) i'm like how do it's so tiny like no one's ever really (laughs) seen it with their eye you know so um we're having these like long conversations about what exactly this microscopic creature would look like um in this place um we also had an author reach out to people who've lived in the research center in antarctica so um 
there is like a, I think it's about 70 people um, who live in Antarctica in the summer and it's like research station and a writer reached out to them directly and they sent a bunch of information about like what it's like to actually live there, all the things you have to keep in mind that other people might not um, and some of the cool things about living there. So like, you know, when we walk outside and see a squirrel in our yard or something, they might go outside and see a seal or a penguin or something. That's like what their, um, the animals they have outside their front door. So um, we do like a lot of, of different types of, of research, um, but sometimes it leads us to fun conversations with scientists. How did you end up working for Nat Geo? Um, so I actually started as an assistant, um, and I've just been kind of there ever since. I um, have a creative writing degree from college, but I also spent every summer and every weekend as a teenager um, volunteering at um, at a zoo in New Orleans. Um, so I would, like, hold a snake and talk about it with visitors at the zoo, and I would, like teach kids about animals and and stuff like that and that was my like passion I was obsessed with animal facts and stuff so then I went and got a creative writing degree and then um I saw a job at National Geographic Kids and it was kind of like oh wow like this is all the things I like I can use my writing degree but also just continue to just spew animal facts that's basically my my um the consistent thing in my life is just that I've always I'm always full of facts about animals. You know, I'm always fascinated because National Geographic has such a huge library of amazing photographs. Did did Nat Geo have to send photographers out to capture some of the things that you were going to write about in this book, or were they able to to pull most or all of them from their their pre-existing library? I think for this book, um, the images come from, I think most all come from a a pre-existing library. It is very, very cool when when we have the chance to, like, well, we don't have anything and we have a photographer who can go um, out and take pictures. But for this book, uh, almost all of these photos were um, pre-existing. And um, some of them are, like, very, very stunning, though. Um, That's something I really love about our books is that they're just so colorful and so full of like just awesome images. Um, Sometimes, you know, describing how something is weird, feels kind of funny because if you know, you you looked at it, you would just be able to tell right away from the photo, like what's weird about, about the thing. Well, my, uh, my guest is Catherine Williams uh, from National Geographic Kids. The new book is weird, but true. Uh, world 2023 and um, Catherine is a, a huge team that put this together um, but what's what's next for you what's your next project I know these things take a while to to collect and assemble and and publish but what's next for Catherine Williams Oh, what's next for me? Well, I have a lot of other, you know, animal books, um, some books about technology um, coming out. Um, one book, actually, it came out 
earlier this summer called Ultimate Book of the Future I worked on. Um, it's very cool about what the future will probably be like in 2050. Um, and We're But True World uh, 2024 is going to come out next year. So if you like this book, there's going to be more info, updated stats, all kinds of stuff. We're doing it again um, every year is the plan. So well, Catherine, my future as well. Thanks for uh, spending this time with me and the listeners and, and sharing a little weirdness. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Tom. <laughs> it was fun. Keep up the good work. That was uh, Catherine Williams uh, from National Geographic Kids. Again, the name of the book is um, Weird But True, World 2023. And uh, Catherine has been uh, editing and and, uh, writing and illustrating children's books uh, at National Geographic Kids for seven years. And with that, we'll have more of the Tom Sumner program. fighting crime. I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck up. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. 
The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wanky stories we call the X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. Cloth or disposable? Paint or wallpaper? Yellow or green? Babies come with lots of decisions. Crib or bassinet? Rocker or glider? So when it comes to protection against diseases, go with the safest, most effective choice vaccination to protect your child against 14 serious childhood diseases like measles meningitis and whooping cough that's why nearly all parents choose it stroller or carriage basketball or soccer so get all the recommended vaccinations for your baby by age two for more reasons to vaccinate talk to your child's doctor Go to cdc.gov slash vaccines or call 800-CDC-INFO. Justin or Justine. Immunizations help give you the power to protect your baby. A message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Hey, why are we stopping? We're going to be late for the show. Mom, Dad, we got to get gas. Not here, you're not. This place is charging an arm and a leg. Look, these days, price swings of 30 or 40 cents per gallon aren't unusual. But when a gas station charges a price way above the price at similar stations, that could be gas gouging. Michigan gas stations sell the correct quality and quantity of gas most of the time. But when a station does try to illegally take advantage of drivers, my office is here to stop them. Stop Attorney General and we got a concert to get to! I hope she doesn't sit next to us. Narc. This is Attorney General Dana Nessel. If you have information about potential gas gouging, call my office or go online at michigan.gov slash ag. Put those away. We're at a gas station. This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. This presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. Cannot get on a bus 
Because one hippopotami is two hippopotamus. And if you have two goose, that makes one geese. A pair of mouse is mice. A pair of moose is me. A paranoia is a bunch of mental blocks. And when Ben Casey meets Kildare, that's called a paradox. When two minks fall in love, with all their heart and soul You'll find the plural of Two minks is one mink stole Singulars and plurals are so different Bless my soul Has it ever occurred to you that the plural of half is whole. <laughs> a bunch of tooth is teeth. A group of foot is feet. And two canaries make a pair. They call it a parakeet. A paramecium is not a pair. A parallelogram is just a crazy square. <laughs> Nobody knows just what a paraphernalia is. And what is half a pair of scissors? It's a single sizz. <laughs> With someone you adore If you should find romance You'll pant and pant once more And that's a pair of pants This was another Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Programme. Ladies and gentlemen, in Philip Rapp's creation, The Bickersons. What's, what's the matter? All right, all right. Blanche, Blanche. I'm putting a ribbon in my hair. Where are you going? I'm not going anywhere. I just thought I'd like to look nice this morning. Why? I knew you'd forget. You don't even know what day this is. I do, too. It's rent day. It is not. Today happens to be our wedding anniversary. Well, I knew it was a sad occasion of some kind. <laughs> what kind of a remark is that? That's supposed to be funny. No, it isn't supposed to be funny, Blanche. I'm just groggy, that's all. I'm sorry. I knew you'd forget. I didn't forget it. 
So why didn't you say something? Blanche, I just opened my eyes. You forgot it. I tell you, I didn't forget it. But even if I did, you'd remind me of it. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Is that all? No plans? We've been married eight years. Don't you want to do something? No, it's too late to do anything. It's sad about you. How you suffer. I didn't get such a bargain, you know. Okay, okay. There's better fish in the ocean than the one I caught. There's better bait, too. I'm serious. Okay, I'm sorry. You hack away at me in the morning and I'm so exhausted, I don't know what I'm saying. You wouldn't be so exhausted if you went to bed at a reasonable hour. I had to work overtime. Pour me some coffee. Get paid? I'll get paid. What time did you get home? 12.30. If you got home at 12.30, why were you so long getting into bed? I know for a fact you didn't come to bed until almost 2. I was in the kitchen putting the stuff away. What stuff? What's the matter, Blanche? You told me to bring stuff home for the party tonight. You invited a lot of your crumb friends and you told me to bring stuff, so I brought stuff. Did you bring the potatoes for the potatoes? salad. I brought potatoes. Did you pair them? I paired them. All of them? All except one. He had a big knob on top and I couldn't find a mate for him. I meant... I know what you meant, Blanche. I even boiled them last night. Where are my pants? Who stole my pants? Nobody stole your pants. I just looked in the wastebasket and they're not there. My shoes are missing from the sink. Don't be silly, John. Your pants are on a hanger in the closet and your shoes are in the shoe rack. How'd they get there? I put them there. Well, I wish you'd quit throwing my things around like that. (laughs) Gotta get them or I'll be late. You won't be late. Here are your pants. Thanks. Blanche, these aren't my pants. They're not? Then whose pants are they? That's a good question, only I should be asking. Don't be so snobby. They were baggy, so I pressed them. Baggy? Took me an hour to find the right crease. Be careful you don't wrinkle them now. What's the difference? I like my pants to look lived in. You're dragging the tops on the floor. Hold your trouser leg with your left hand, then step in with your right foot. Blanche, I've been putting on my own pants for over 40 years, and I don't need you to be the foreman of it. Which one? It doesn't matter. I want to use it for a belt. My suspenders are broken. Why don't you wear your belt? I'm using it to keep the soles from falling off my shoes. John Fitterson, you know you're just... I know it. I know I haven't got a belt. Where's my shirt? Where did you hide my shirt? I didn't hide it anywhere. Well, where is it? I draped it around the canary's cage so he could sleep. Is my shirt the only rag you could find to cover the bird's cage with? Hasn't hurt anything, has it? No, but I don't like the way that bird pokes into my pockets. Every time I take a cigarette out, I'm smoking bird seed. Why do you have to cover the cage anyway? The canary is sensitive to light. Well, get him a pair of sunglasses. Leave my shirt alone. No bird's going to sleep later than I do. Ah, shut up. John, why must you be so mean on our anniversary? Blanche, I'm not mean. I'm worried. Business is bad. My job is hanging by a thread. You never should have quit your other job. You made me quit. You said it wasn't dignified selling bowling balls. You were embarrassed to answer when people asked you what your husband sold. Well, it sounded like it was trying to start a fight. That's no problem for you. I gotta go. Here, and don't forget your samples. I won't forget. This darn vacuum cleaner gets heavier every day. Straighten this hose around my neck, will you, Blanche? There, there. Now, got everything? 
I think so. No, wait a minute. You got any money? Well, there's 50 cents in the sugar bowl. 50 cents? You can bring me the change when you come home. Now listen, Blanche, something's got to be done about this. I can't go down to work like a pauper every day. A man's got to have a couple dollars in his pocket. Now don't yell at me. I don't mind going with torn clothes and holes in my socks, but I'm not going to suffer through those lunches anymore. What's the matter with your lunches? You ought to know. You pack them for me. I'm just getting sick of carrying my lunch to work in a paper sack. Why can't I go to the restaurant like the other fellas? John, what are you talking about? I haven't fixed your lunch for two years. Oh, Blanche, every morning of my life I find my lunch wrapped in brown paper on the side of the sink. John, that's the garbage. Goodbye, Blanche. Goodbye, dear. Happy anniversary. Alexander Zanjic, don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner.